Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. How was your day? Have you uh, already started the process of, of caffeinating? Do you give up caffeine in the holy season of Lent and still get out of bed this early? I'm curious. Um, I have resolved, I think it was years ago, to not give up caffeine in order to punish other people around me. You know, so still caffeinate, but I'm, I am reducing things. I don't, uh, it goes straight black in the holy season of Lent, except for on, on, uh, on the weekends with my wife. That's the only exception. But uh, great show lined up for you today. I have some breaking news here. I don't know that I'll cover it any other time, and, uh, I may, and hopefully, prayerfully, Emily will cover it too. But I just saw this, and I thought this is super worth mentioning in the beginning of the show. Almost 300 schoolgirls that were kidnapped in Nigeria are free. Uh, according to the state governor, this is an article put out by the Guardian, theguardian.com. We can link to it as well. But uh, that's good news. Praise be to God uh, that through these 279 Nigerian schoolgirls that had been kidnapped uh, from their boarding school uh, were, were freed. Praise be to God for that. So maybe we can cover that later in the show. But uh, I just wanted to mention that at the outset. But on the program this hour, Father Carlos Lamongi is going to be our guest. He is, I think he's from New York. Um, he got very creative uh, when things were starting to open up a little bit and he noticed mass attendance was low. He decided to take matters into his own hands, literally with a sign standing in front of a grocery store near his parish to say, if you can go shopping, then you can come to mass. And so we're going to have a conversation with Father Carlos Lamongi on why he decided to do that and what the effects have been as a result of that in our guest segment. Um, but we have uh, breaking news and stories, saying to the day, gospel of the day. We'll have a What's Concerning Us segment, lots to discuss there. The team is here as well. Good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning, Joe. I do have the uh, schoolgirls in the headlines, but what's so interesting was that almost 300 schoolgirls, these were Muslim girls, and, so wow. the, and, they, and they were kidnapped by Muslim terrorists. So insane. It's not like persecution of Christians here. It's just they're doing it for money, the it, ransom money. It's just straight up evil. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Well, I'm so glad to hear that they've been released. Praise be to God for that. Uh, so, so much to discuss. Speaking of so much to discuss, Adrian Fonseca is here producing the show again this morning. Good morning to you, Adrian. <laughs> See, I, I thought you were going to go the route, uh, speaking of being kidnapped or something like that or being released. <laughs> But, uh, you know, being discussed, yeah, that's, that's, that could be a good thing. That could be. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Uh, plus, I guess good news is no longer, uh, in, for the Guadalupe Radio Network anyway, there's no, no longer car raffles uh, sales to worry about. But we do get the opportunity to give somebody a Mercedes on Friday. So we're kind of looking forward to that. But we do have our game show this week and a brand new prize thanks to our one of our incredible listeners, Beth, who has donated a handcrafted, beautiful uh, rosary to give away this week. So we'll have three more chances at winning that th- on the second hour of our program. Hopefully you'll be able to join us. But let's begin with prayer. 
We have uh, so much to discuss today on Catholic Drive Time, and we're very grateful that you, my dear listener, are a part of it. So whatever your intentions are, we're going to include those in our prayers. Of course, I'm praying for our team here, our equipment, our broadcast, our apostolates, the Station of the Cross, and the Guadalupe Radio Network. And let's ask Our Lady to intercede on all of our behalf. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. A third woman has accused New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo of inappropriate and aggressive behavior. Just hours after the official formally referred himself over for investigation over similar allegations from two former aides. Cuomo has faced growing criticism, including from within his own Democratic Party, for suggesting that two former aides who accused him of inappropriate behavior at the end of February, Charlotte Bennett and Lindsey Boylan, had misinterpreted him. He has denied ever inappropriately touching or propositioning anyone, but on Sunday, the 63-year-old bowed to pressure to grant an independent investigation. Instagram this week has suspended another popular Catholic account for apparent copyright violations. Catholic Connect, an account sharing Catholic-themed content with a traditional bent aimed at young adults, was shut down on February 28th after Instagram notified its CEO of two copyright violations. Richie Orozco, CEO of Catholic Connect, said he got a copyright infringement notification from Instagram, which showed him a small preview of the apparent offending material. Orozco said he and his team did not recognize the content, which appeared to be a video in the preview provided by Instagram. Catholic Connect's account had almost 300,000 followers and the account's team has appealed the suspension to Instagram. The parish of St. Sabina in Chicago announced on Sunday that it would withhold its monthly contributions to the archdiocese until an abuse investigation into its longtime pastor is completed. Two brothers in January had accused Father Michael Flager of sexually abusing them when they were teens. Flager denies the allegations, but he stepped aside from ministry after the first accusation was made and the Archdiocese first announced its investigation. Father Flager is known for his outspoken social justice activism. The parish said that they would not use the funds, which amount to $100,000, for ministry, outreach, or any current or future programs, and that they would pay the Archdiocese in full at the conclusion of the investigation. The Archdiocese of Chicago has said that it is difficult to predict how long it will take to reach a final determination, as much of the process is not within their control. And hundreds of schoolgirls that were kidnapped at gunpoint in Nigeria have been rescued. The 279 girls were abducted on Friday by armed men who raided their state-run school in Nigeria's northwest Zamfara state. Yusuf Idris, a spokesman for the regional governor, said Tuesday the girls had been safely returned and were all accounted for. The girls' abduction is the latest in a string of similar kidnapping cases in Nigeria. Boarding schools in northern Nigeria have become targets for mass kidnappings for ransom by armed criminal gangs, a trend started by the jihadist group Boko Haram 
and continued by its offshoot, the Islamic State West Africa province. One father, Lawal Abdullahi, has seven daughters who are among those kidnapped and freed. He said his seven daughters would go back to school and said, quote, This is a ploy to deny our girls from getting the Western education in which we are far behind. We should not succumb to blackmail. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. St. Agnes of Prague, pray for us. She was born in 1205 there in Bohemia, which is the modern-day Czech Republic. She was born a princess, the youngest daughter of King Odekar I and Queen Constance of Bohemia, a relative, in fact, of St. Elizabeth of Hungary. She was educated by the Cistercian nuns at Trebnitz in Germany. Though she early perceived a call to religious life, Agnes was for, uh, for years promised a, into a series of arranged marriages. At the age of three, in fact, she was promised to a prince named uh, Boleslas. But when he died, uh, she was then promised to Prince Henry, the son of the Holy Roman Emperor Frederick II. But when Henry chose to marry someone else, young Agnes was betrothed to the Emperor Frederick himself. But... With the help and intervention of Gregory IX, though affronted, Frederick released Agnes from her marriage obligations because her heart longed to be in a convent. Frederick acknowledged that he had lost her to the King of Heaven. She would go on to build a Franciscan hospital on land donated by her brother, King Venislaus I. She then established the Confraternity of the Crusaders of the Red Star to staff it and its related clinics. She later built a Franciscan friary in the year 1234, Poor Clare Convent of St. Savior in Prague, and with the aid of five nuns sent by St. Clare of Assisi herself, Agnes entered the convent of St. Savior on Pentecost Sunday, 1234, eventually becoming its abbess and spending 50 years there living in the cloister. Agnes was always free with her wealth in service to the poor. She enjoyed cooking for the other sisters and mending the clothes of the lepers. She had the gifts of healing and prophecy and was given to ecstasies. Though they never met, she and St. Clair of Assisi kept up an extensive correspondence for two decades, and some of the letters have survived to this very day. She died on March the 6th, 1282, at St. Savior Convent there in Prague, and was canonized by Pope St. John Paul II in November of 1989. St. Agnes of Prague, pray for us. The Gospel comes to us from Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to carry, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen, they widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation, Rabbi. As for you, do not be called Rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called Master. You have but one Master, the Christ. 
The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is the famous call no man father passage. I got to tell you. Okay, so I was raised Protestant. I became a heathen. And my wife, uh, when I asked her to marry me, said I had to become Catholic. So I went through RCI, I checked the boxes, then I had a mystical encounter with Christ in 2002 that changed everything for me and sent me on a wild ride. And a big part of that journey was apologetics, was discovering why the church teaches what it teaches. Whereas, and in particular, it was the biblical defense for Catholic faith, practice, and doctrines. And I got to tell you, call no man father came up a bunch of times. Why do you Catholics call your priest father when the Bible says in Matthew 23, call no man father? You know what's fascinating about that question, which probably doesn't come up all that often anymore. It used to come up a ton. Is why doesn't anybody say uh, you call your, uh, your CCD people teachers? You, you know, you call your school heads masters. Like, why don't, why the, the, the same passage prohibits teacher and master, but we focus everything on father because of what we call our our priests, fathers. But I want to pick out a couple things real quick. Notice the chair, the chair of Moses. This is not just more, this is more than just a symbol of authority. In fact, the synagogues would have a chair for Moses. And we've seen, in fact, many of these older chairs in archaeological finds, as, as a matter of fact. So there's an actual uh, symbol of authority that, that existed. And notice what Jesus says. He says, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses, the symbol of authority. He says, therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. That is the key. That's the context. That's the key to interpreting everything else. That they have authority. He recognizes that. Jesus doesn't come to abolish the law. He hasn't come to do away. He hasn't come to prove that these, that these hypocrites have no authority. In fact, they do have authority. He comes to perfect the law, not to abolish it. But is Jesus prohibiting the use of father? Well, you call your father, your dad father, do you? And I call my dad father. Jesus calls Abraham father in Luke 16. St. Paul did as well in Romans 4. St. Paul even claims spiritual fatherhood for himself, specifically in Philippians 2, as well as 1 Corinthians 4. St. Stephen calls the patriarchs father in Acts 7. And father is used to describe the, the presbyters themselves in uh, 1 John chapter 2, several times as a matter of fact. Presbyters, where we get the word priest from. So, Jesus doesn't abolish the use of father. He gives us the greater meaning of it. If I fail in my duty as father to my children by leading them to God, you're right, I have no business being called father. But if I uphold my duty, then I am leading them to the true father. More Catholic Drive Time is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Some atheists argue that the universe is a mere brute fact. The universe just exists, they say, and that's that. It has no explanation at all. How can we respond? First, atheists wouldn't allow theists to use this argument. Can you imagine if a theist said, God's just a brute fact, no rhyme or reason to his existence? He'd be laughed off the stage. Second, the argument is self-refuting. It denies rational argumentation for the belief itself. If brute facts are possible, 
Well, then the conclusion, the universe is a brute fact, itself might be a brute fact, having no connection to truth or logic, in which case we would have no reason to accept it as true. Therefore, the argument defeats itself. For these reasons, we can say that it's absurd to argue that the universe just exists without any sort of explanation. I'm Corlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. In Nicaragua, many children growing up in rural areas don't know what it's like to have clean, safe drinking water. Their water sources are often shared with farm animals, and the water is infested with high levels of bacteria. Together, we can change that. Cross Catholic Outreach works with local Christian partners to provide clean, abundant water to families in need. This mission dramatically transforms the health and lives for generations to come. Visit crosscatholic.org transform to learn more. Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, I see we have 12 shares already this morning on our video over on Facebook, so praise be to God for that. Thank you for everybody who's hanging out with us on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. Uh, make sure to comment and let us know where you're from. We'd love to see our, where our listeners are hanging out with us from today. But uh, we're going to be speaking with Father Carlos Lamongi uh, later in this hour. He is our guest today, so that'll come up in, I don't know, 16, 17 minutes or so from now. He's a priest out of New York, and when uh, things were starting to open up and people were moving and uh, again about their lives, he noticed mass attendance was low, and he's decided to take matters into his very own hands and stand in front of a grocery store with a sign. So we're going to have a conversation with Father Carlos about why he did that and what the effects were. All that's coming up in our guest segment. But this is the What's Concerning Us segment of the show where we pick out a few uh, topics, uh, articles from the headlines, and we conversate about that. And I've got several here. I know Emily does as well. Um, there's a, a, an article here by the Epic Times says three dozen cases of spontaneous miscarriages and stillbirths occurring after COVID-19 vaccinations. Um, there's another related a vaccination story from LifeSite, experimental vaccine death rate for Israel's elderly 40 times higher than COVID-19 deaths along the same time period. That's kind of insane. But if I jump into those at all in this segment, we'll just see. They, they could be after show segments as well. But there was a couple of other stories that I wanted to mention. Here's one. We've talked about this. Emily, you've reported on this. Amazon quietly bans books containing undefined hate speech. There was a, a book out that hit the, art, hit, hit the headlines rather last week, um, and it seemed to call into question the science behind transgender, you know, ideology. And Amazon, and it had been up for three years, and Amazon just took it down. Didn't even inform the host or the author as to exactly what policy he violated. They just took it on, took it down. But here's my. Here's what I was thinking when I started to see this article. This is particular one is published by the Epic Times. And from a Catholic perspective, where are you buying your books? Even just this just just Catholic books. Do you buy your books from uh, Catholic retailers? Do you buy them from the local Catholic bookshop near you? I can't tell you how many Catholic bookstores have been uh, on the verge of extinction because of big shops like Amazon. Because we find them cheaper there. 
because we find uh, deals. They have everything we want in stock, and they can come straight to our house. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't need to be inconvenienced, but it's like it's a double-edged sword, right? The convenience factor is wonderful, but the downside is we've been helping to put out small businesses to include many Catholic organizations because we prefer that convenience over shopping and paying maybe just a little bit more to support a small-owned, and in many cases, a family-owned business. Um, Emily, how many times have you been to a Catholic bookshop in the last year, two years, three years? This is honestly one of my hobbies. I, <laughs> I love That's going funny. and just looking. I, I would buy the whole store if I could. But um, yeah, no, we ha- definitely have to. I've been making a concerted effort to shop at um, small businesses since the lockdown because I know so many people who own small businesses. And it's like it's a personal thing. That's their entire livelihood. Um, you grew up in Chicago. That's right. How many Catholic bookshops are there in, in, in the area you grew up? There's a, a couple. Of course, we have Pauline Books and Media, which is the big one, the Daughters of St. Paul. But there are some local ones. Um, actually, the one closest to my house went out of business. So, Oh, no. Yeah. I remember uh, in New Hampshire, where I became Catholic and went on this wild journey uh, you know, in the faith, discovering there was like a, it was like a, a tiny little shop near my employment in this quaint little sort of a New Hampshire village that was very touristy. And they had books in there that they sold, but they also lent books. It was like, they called it a resource center. They didn't even call it a bookshop. I just remember thinking, I'm like a kid in a candy store here. And it was like the smallest selection possible. It blew my mind that this even existed. I couldn't believe it. And uh, at the time, the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible was only putting out one book of the Bible at a time. It wasn't even like a, a collected, bound, altogether thing. And I was buying them up as they came out. It was just amazing. But, I mean, this 2020 pandemic that is still now in 2021, how many small shops have had to go out of business, had to shutter their doors, sell off their inventory? Because they just didn't have the customer base to sustain livelihood. Um, the real winners out of all of this have been big box stores. And Amazon is not at all worried about how we feel about them deciding who, who the winners and losers are in their inventory. So if you have an opinion other than the one uh, the team over at Amazon uh, espouses, what do they care? They're the only game in town, it seems. So I just wonder, I wonder from our audience how often they go out of their way to shop either at physical Catholic bookshops or at online Catholic retailers. Are you buying your books directly from the Catholic publishers? Uh, Tan is a sponsor of our game show. So is uh, Sophia and some of the others. I mean, just have do we intentionally go straight to their website, purchase directly from them, or are we still just buying those same books just through Amazon? I wonder. I wonder. It makes makes me wonder what we're going to do moving forward from here to support Catholic-owned and operated organizations that are trying to make it in these more and difficult days. Uh, What's on your radar? Well, along those same lines, um, some of you may have heard that Hasbro is now selling a uh, non-traditional family structure potato head family. Um, so you remember Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head from the Toy Story movies, um, classic children's toy for toddlers. Okay, they're selling now um, non-gender-specific family sets. Um, oh, and man. on the outset, you hear this story. I laughed when I heard it because I thought it was just silly. Like, why, why is this important? But it's important because um, 
if you look into it, only one, they said that there is, the reason they did this is because there is a need and that children who come from non-traditional family structures need this representation. Okay, but if you look into the statistics, 1.5% of all households are same-sex couple households. That's 1.5% in the country. And among these households, only half of them are likely to have children. And so this is a very minuscule, minuscule portion of the population compared to the general population. Um, and they're changing the entire structure of their product to serve this, this minuscule need. Um, and really, how many toys does a child have? Not all of those children are guaranteed to have a potato head. So what this is, it's they're, they're trying to market it as... Um, providing for a need and a demand that is in the culture, but really that's not what it is. They're making a cultural shift where these large companies are beginning to support um, these non-Christian, sometimes anti-Christian um, new truths or lack thereof, I should say. Um, they're trying to basically change the culture. And that's why, to go back to your point, Joe, Small businesses are more important now than ever because you'll see there's been a rise and an increase. You'll see these small businesses that are distinctly Christian are mm. getting a boost because why? Because they're not giving in to this social engineering. And so I would say if you know a small business that is Christian, that is faithful, um, just boycott the big companies. We don't need potato heads. We'll be okay without potato heads. <laughs> go to your small businesses and support those. Just use actual potatoes. That, that can work too. There you go. Uh, you know, but it's a whole package deal. The the Equality Act that just got passed passed by the House. Um, there is uh, Second Amendment uh, legislation that's been proposed. Uh, if it gets passed, it'll be very very scary. But there's also an effort to to limit who gets to manufacture arms in America, and then those manufacturers could be held liable for that the criminal activity that might happen as a result to their product so what we see if you look at the whole picture is an effort to truly change the way uh, we see ourselves and the rights that are self-evident you know as benjamin franklin insisted in the declaration of independence that we hold these truths to be self-evident jefferson had different terminology franklin changed it are these things self-evident still? Because we're about to see a major shift, and it makes me wonder. Uh, we've talked about this before, too, in the last few weeks. States are going to have to stand up to federal overreach. What will that look like? Will states align themselves to each other in holding their ground against federal uh, legislation that they find is an, an overreach to the rights of the individuals? And with the Equality Act, things like all these big businesses going down this this ideological road, um, will people be held financially liable if they don't go along to get along? Will there be will there be jail time for certain organizations, businesses, individuals if they don't go along to get along? It's it's going to be very interesting, and we shouldn't necessarily lose hope, but at the same time, we should be vigilant. But where is our prayer and fasting in all of this as well? The society around us is, is morphing faster and faster every day. Well, I hope our prayer life is keeping up pace with that. Uh, I want to thank Lori real quick and Patty for, in particular for being super fans and sharing our, our feed today over on Facebook. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for doing that. And Kathy, I see you hanging out over there 
uh, on uh, on YouTube again. Good morning. She says it's uh, 12 degrees with 39 mile per hour winds. Wow. She's in Danver- Danvers, Massachusetts, listening on Station of the Cross. God bless you, Kathy. Thanks for hanging out with us today. There's another story. We have a few minutes left in our in our uh, What's Concerning Us section. There's another story. This is this one's out of Breitbart. It says judge approves Facebook's $650 million settlement over intrusive facial recognition. It says the federal judge has given final approval to a $650 million settlement for a class action lawsuit against Facebook, which alleged that the masters of the universe stored biometric data in violation of Illinois state law. The Verge reports that the judge uh, of the Northern District of California approved a $650 million Facebook class action privacy settlement and ordered the 1.6 million members of the class action suit in Illinois who submitted claims to be paid expeditiously as possible. So, in other words, Facebook's paying out because they're holding your biometric data in uh, against the state's uh, law. The state does not, Illinois does not want its citizens' biometric data stored by Facebook or its affiliates. And you know what I find fascinating about that? Because it ties into what I was saying a minute ago. Are states going to be able to stand up to all of this overreach, big tech to be included? But do you remember during the, um, the, the January 6th uh, Capitol riot? I remember, I don't know if you remember I told you this, but the next day, that whole night, Facebook insisted that I was one of the guys standing inside the Capitol building. Uh, remember the guy with the horns, the, 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 like the furred hat with the horns and his American flag and he was without a, a, a shirt on? The guy standing next to him, Facebook thought I was him and kept tagging me in everyone's photos that were being passed around. I mean, I was like, this is insane. I am not this person. Please stop tagging me. And uh, no matter how much I, I told Facebook, I'm not this person, every time someone that was somewhat related to me on Facebook kept sharing this picture, I automatically kept getting tagged in it. It was a little little disconcerting from my perspective. So, uh, boy, uh, maybe there's a class action lawsuit that I can join here in Texas against Facebook's and biometric data. I don't know. We'll be posting links to all of these articles and discussions over on our Facebook feed, so be sure to check them out there. But if you're hanging out with this anywhere on social media, please do leave a comment. Let us know where you're from. We'd love to hear from you. Coming up after this break, though, more breaking news and stories with Emily Plus. Father Carlos Lamongi from New York is going to be on. Talk about his sign in front of a grocery store. All that and much, much more coming your way. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. G.K. Chesterton says... Thanks are the highest form of thought. At the sacrifice of the Mass, we hear the priest say, We do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Always and everywhere. Have we ever really thought about that? If we were always thankful to God, always and everywhere, what would our lives be like? Chesterton says, We should always endeavor to wonder at the permanent thing, not at the mere exception. We should be startled by the sun, not by the eclipse. We should wonder less at the earthquake and wonder more at the earth. Thanks are the highest form of thought. Maybe that's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org 
Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Tuesday, March 2nd, and these are your headlines for today. The Hasbro Toy Company is now marketing a gender-neutral potato head family set showing same-sex couples and a baby alongside a traditional family portrayal. While the company has rejected reports that it would no longer sell individual sex-specific Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head dolls, a company executive has told a progressive business leaders magazine that the tradition of the brand is limiting because of how it presents gender identity and family structure. This article about the change said that traditional toys and storylines about relationships and families can be confusing to kids who live in progressive milieus, where they are exposed to many different family structures. Same-sex couple households make up 1.5% of all coupled households, and of these, about half, they are as half as likely as married men in women, women's households to have children. The Archdiocese of New Orleans has said that the recently approved Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine is morally compromised and is advising Catholics to use ethical alternatives if available. The pro-life Charlotte Lozier Institute had determined that the vaccine used abortion-derived cell lines in design and development, production, and lab testing. Back in December, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith said that in countries where ethically uncontroversial vaccines are not available or where their distribution is limited, it is morally acceptable to receive COVID-19 vaccines that have used cell lines from aborted fetuses in their research and production process. The Vatican clarified that this is not a moral endorsement of the use of cell lines proceeding from aborted fetuses. The Archdiocese of Baltimore is organizing a campaign to focus on the dangers of pornography and the resources available to avoid and recover from it. In Baltimore, March 14th will be observed as Safe Haven Sunday. The organization Covenant Eyes reported that 20% of all mobile searches are for pornography and a significant percentage of students, more than half of males and a third of females, say they were first exposed to pornography before they were teenagers. Father Brian, Brian Nolan, a priest of St. Isaac Jogues in Baltimore, told the Catholic Review that he frequently hears pornography mentioned in confession. He said it is important for Catholics struggling with pornography to seek resources, including internet filters and professional counseling if necessary. And a pro-life leader in Mexico has called the occupation of the leg legislature in Quintana Roo state by pro-abortion feminists green terrorism, after the color adopted by pro-abortion activists in Latin America. Brenda Del Rio, the founder and director of the National Campaign for Life, Viva Mexico, said that we Mexican women who work in the pro-woman cause have disassociated ourselves from the terrorist acts that a handful of women, including Argentine, Argentine and Venezuelan women, have carried out since late November by seizing the Quintana Roo State Congress. According to a Monterrey newspaper, the women have been holding a sit-in outside the Congress building in Chetumal beginning on November 25, 2020, and then stormed the building and set up camp inside on November 27th. Although the feminists pledged to leave the premises in early February, 
They stepped up their attack after pro-life legislators managed on February 24th to temporarily stop the attempt to pass the bill legalizing abortion. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. Uh, Real quick, before we jump into our conversation, have I mentioned that we're giving prizes away in our second hour? You can be a part of that. Uh, Super easy. If you're not able to tune us in on the radio, you can always make sure you can listen via one of our social streams. And we're streaming on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. I repost to Gab and even Parler, SP3RN, LinkedIn as well. As, uh, as Twitter. So there's plenty of places to get the live feed and hang out with us in the second hour and possibly win uh, a very cool prize. And this week, it is a handcrafted, beautiful rosary by one of our listeners, in fact, that hangs out with us most every day, Beth. So we're very excited about that. Um, don't forget also, you can find links to all of our platforms as well as on our web page. Listen to the show live over at grnonline.com. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Joining us right now via Zoom chat all the way from New York, Father Carlos Lamongi. Good morning to you, Father. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Praise God, we are alive. How are you? Amen to that. <laughs> uh, thank you for your time today and being on. Uh, you you, you kind of went viral a little bit. Uh, this I heard about that, yes. I had no idea. But <laughs> no no so. pressure, right? No pressure. But uh, let's, let's back up a little bit and talk about the lockdowns and how that's affected mass attendance with pandemic re- restrictions and all of that. Uh, how has that gone for you, Father Carlos Lamongi? Well, Obviously, everything started almost a year ago here in New York. I believe it was March 14th when the Archdiocese, when the Cardinal said, it's getting a little too crazy, so we're going to shut down masses and publicly and everything. Um, so it was a big shock for everyone, obviously. I mean, around the world, it was a big, big boom that this was getting so crazy and out of hand and so many people were suffering from this virus. But uh, in the time, it was the appropriate response, I believe, at least until things quiet down a little bit. But thanks be to God, um, in our parish, at least since the day after, basically March 15th, we started live streaming all our masses in English and Spanish in order to make sure that people didn't feel abandoned, that people didn't feel like there's a disconnect, there's no God, there's no there's no mass, there's no prayer, there's no this, there's no that. So we started to do a lot of things online as much as we could. We started doing rosaries and divine mercy novenas, um, um, chaplets and litanies and everything as much as we could in order to keep the people engaged throughout the the coming months that we were not going to be able to have public mass but then i believe it was around late june when things started to ease up a little bit and so we're able to have mass with a limited amount of people and then slowly that kind of progressed and more people were able to come come to mass and worship but then obviously in november december things kind of spiked up a little bit more so that kind of also brought it down um, but then again, things start to settle again and people started coming again. But even as people were, as we heard often craving for, for God, for mass, for liturgy, for prayers and all that stuff, um, people were still feeling a little bit too scared about coming out into places where a lot more people would join or gather. And so whether we like to admit it or not, church is a sort of communal environment you have a social element to our liturgy to the worship where people automatically just naturally come together and so with that in mind a lot of people were still a little bit iffy about coming back to to mass but that obviously didn't didn't stop a lot of people from going to restaurants or going to bars or going shopping or doing this or doing that so 
that was a big disconnect that um, at least I was seeing. And again, this was on a local level. Obviously, I cannot, I cannot speak for any other diocese, any other state. I'm just talking about the area where my parish is located. So based on that, that's how I we started to try to bring things um, up so that people would be more encouraged to, um, to come back to Mass. Father Carlos Lamongi is our guest. He's from the Archdiocese of New York. We're talking about uh, the lockdowns and, and, and his efforts to bring the faithful back. You know, Father, I remember uh, March of last, so a year ago, basically, when the lockdowns yeah. first started around the country and diocese after diocese after diocese began the process of, of shutting its doors to the faithful and the feeling of of being put out was very hard. It was a bitter pill. It was a very yeah. bitter pill. I also remember seeing, you know, live streams of masses and like you like you just described, prayers mm -hmm. just blow up on yeah. on social media. Like you couldn't scroll past about a dozen masses <laughs> being live streamed. You so know, you were able the, to pick and choose which mass you could go to the mass with the cardinal, you could go to mass yeah. with the pope, you could go to mass everywhere, pretty much. But I remember two couple of thoughts. One was thinking will the faithful ever return to mass now or is mm -hmm. the cat let out of the bag so to speak and and they're never they're going to feel like what's the point of going back i can just stream it from now on and then i remember having a phone call i've shared this before many times on the air but i remember having a phone call with a friend and mm -hmm. i was at home locked up for lockdown and oh. i'm and i heard noise and i'm like where where are you right now he says oh i met i'm at the uh, hardware store getting parts for my toilet <laughs> and i said you got to be kidding me. You can buy parts for your toilet and I can't go to mass? <laughs> like that's yeah. out, you're out of your mind. And I, and yeah. I I might have hung up on him. I don't remember. But uh <laughs> but there, so you must have been feeling something similar to that at least when you it took was. matters into your own hands. I believe so. I mean, these that I mean, we're always very very conscious about the health risk for a lot of people. A lot of people um they may appear to be healthy but they still have um a friend of mine um, has um, asthma and suffered from pneumonia a few years ago and everything. So there are a lot of things that can actually make this virus be a little more serious for a lot of people than than others. Um, so we are very conscious about that. But again, what I was telling someone, if we have that same consideration um, for mass, then shouldn't it be applicable to everything else that we do? But then if, if we're a little bit laxed on everything else, but not not mass, not the worship of God, then there's something maybe a little bit off in the way that we sort of process this whole um, virus situation in our lives. And so that's basically why um, we started to come up with different ideas, yeah, to come bring people back to mass. And above all things, something that we wanted to at least be sure to make let people know is that our church especially, we were cleaning pretty much every day after every Mass. There was someone wiping down all the pews, making sure that everything was um, um, cleaned off with, with hand sanitizer and Purell and everything that we can find in order to, for people to feel secure and safe about coming to Mass, about being um, here with us to worship. And that, that was one of the main concerns because we didn't want people to think that we were just sort of leading them astray and making them sure that they're coming to a place that was virus-ridden or ill-infested, diseased place. Father Carlos Lamongi is our guest. We have about a minute before we go to a break here. Actually, we're going to go to break right now. We're going to take a little, slight little quick pause for our partners over at the Station of the Cross and the Guadalupe Radio Network. We're going to be right back and continue our conversation with Father Carlos Lamongi about 
exactly what he did to help bring the faithful back into Mass. All that plus so much more of Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Do us a favor, and if you are hanging out on social media right now, smash that like button, that subscribe, that share. It really helps us out. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We live with the illusion that we are in control. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Yet, how much of life actually is under our control? We need to develop our talents and make prudent preparations for the future. But how many times have our plans been sidetracked by forces outside our control? Sometimes, unexpected changes have even opened up new opportunities. In his rule, St. Benedict talks about the beauty and purpose of monastic life. The rule is very successful at separating the monks who live according to its teaching from the illusion of control, giving us a peaceful confidence in God's provident care. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. It's all preparation for our last act of letting go of control when we will have to commend our life trustingly into the Father's hands and death. The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. It's a beautiful order, and not only is it beautiful, it's order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it. Please visit Father Spitzer's website, magiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's magiscenter.com. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. We're seeing some incredible comments come through on the social streams. Uh, it's a big part of what we do in the after show is to read all of those comments and interact with you. So if we don't get to you before then, trust me, we will in the after show be reading your comments. We're very grateful to everyone hanging out with us on the social streams. But Father Carlos Lamongi is our guest from the Archdiocese of New York. And uh, during, I guess this was fairly recently, when did this take place that you finally decided enough is enough, it's time uh, to to uh, get creative, to bring the faithful back to Mass? When did you take this action, and what exactly did you do, Father Carlos Lamongi? Well, the weeks prior to this particular event, we had just come off the Advent season. We were in the Christmas season. And we started this initiative called Bring a Friend to Mass Day. We talked about how there are people who could come to Mass, but for some reason choose not to, whether it's fear, whether it's nervousness or whatever. So we encourage our parishioners to invite family, friends, um, neighbors, whoever they could find who are Catholics, who were sort of wanting to come back to Mass, but felt a little bit uncomfortable about it, to just extend an invitation. And it's just, we just said, let Jesus do the rest, you know, just, just offer the invitation and see how that works. Um, and without criticism, without judgment, without chastising anyone, just extend the invitation to see um, how they feel about it. But still, it was a little bit of a, it didn't work as well. Maybe people didn't invite anyone. I'm not sure. Uh, but then I knew that Lent was coming. And so I wanted to do something um, that was more sort of captivating for, for people. And I saw on Instagram, there's this account, um, not Catholic, not religious by any means, um, called Dude with Sign. And it's a guy <laughs> that just stands in three corners with a cardboard box um, raised over his head. That usually has some sort of funny comment or... Um, opinion about 
life, the world, whatever. Um, and so it was, again, a fairly popular account. And, and I always found some of the, um, the comments quite funny. So taking sort of that premise, I figured I would do something similar. And I um, went with one of my secretaries um, here in the church and went to our local grocery store and had a little cardboard box and it said if you can and wrote on it if you can come grocery shopping then you can come to mass and i stood out there uh, the um, outside the grocery store with sunglasses because one of the things from this other account is the guy's always wearing sunglasses and a mask obviously um so i was standing there with the sign um and hopefully some people saw it but obviously it was more intended i knew that i was going to be able to reach more people through social media because that's the world we live in right now, then actually staying there for a full day. Um, so I didn't stay there very long. It was probably about 10 minutes. And again, one of our secretaries is the one that took the picture. And then we brought it over and uh, I posted it on, on Facebook. And it was all done very quickly because it was a Saturday. I had confessions afterwards. I had the vigil, mass at 5 p.m. Um, so it was very, very rush, rush, rush after that whole thing happened. And then later, uh, after I got out of mass, I started getting text messages from people. I was like, is this you? Is this you? Oh, my God, it's everywhere. It's going. People are sharing it. People are putting it on this other place and this and that. And um, a friend of mine mentioned that he hadn't seen the picture. He's usually not on social media. But a friend of his from Rome had sent it to him. And he's like, is wow. this you? <laughs> it just spread like wildfire. It was crazy. It was within a few days. It was it was all over the place. How did that feel to have the attention of, of the world? <laughs> it, was a, it was a little weird, I, I must say. But thankfully, I didn't necessarily get the effects of it. Um, I was only hearing what people said about it, uh, either my family members or some friends. A lot of people, thank God, weren't tagging me on it. Otherwise, I would have had like <laughs> thousands and thousands of basically reposts of the same thing over and over again on all of my social media things. Um, so thanks be to God, I didn't get much of the effect. I was only just hearing what people said. Um, but hey, if it helped people reflect about how they worship and or not and bring them closer to Christ, then, then praise be God for that. And what was the result of that action, Father? Did it work? It did work in many ways, but see, that's the thing. <laughs> I keep telling people, we had Ash Wednesday and then, you know, the start of Lent right after. So I can't take credit for that, obviously. <laughs> I mean, Ash Wednesday is one of the days when everyone um, who calls themselves and considers themselves Catholics come to Mass. So I can't take the credit for saying that, yes, we actually, on Ash Wednesday, we had to have, uh, we had to literally lock the doors um, of the church because we were uh, extending the, uh, we were reaching the capacity of the restrictions for the pandemic here in New York. Um, and still over the weekend, th there was still an increase in, in in the attendance of people. But again, I cannot take credit for that. This just Lent and people wanted to be with Jesus during Lent. Did you get uh, any negative uh, pushback for the sign? Did anybody think I, you were being judgmental? I, I was being judgmental. I was trying to shame people. I was trying to use guilt into getting people to come to mass and how that's not the proper way to evangelize. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't anything blatantly disrespectful, but people just kind of sharing how they thought that that wasn't the best way to go about it. Because, again, shaming is never um, a good way to kind of bring people to Jesus, to Christ. And so uh, we did. I did get a lot of comments um, like that. And obviously, I tried not, not to engage. Um, but there were some people who responded to the negative comments and it kind of got a little out of hand. 
Hey, Emily, I know there's been a bunch of comments that have come through. Can you pick out maybe one or two and uh, maybe read those? Well, we got Father Carlos Lamongi. He is from the Archdiocese of New York, and he, you might have seen his picture. I'm curious if you're hanging out with us. Let us know. Have you seen his picture of him standing in front of a grocery store saying, that if you can go shopping, then you can come to Holy Mass? Um, while Emily's picking a, a few of those out, Father, do you think that as we move into less lockdowns, as things open up, do you think the faithful will be coming back to Mass, in the, or do you think the numbers will be lower than they had been previously, and previously they were pretty low? I think they will, because again, throughout the pandemic and even nowadays, people still express that craving, that desire that they have for God, that desire to be at Mass, to be praying, to be um, able to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. But unfortunately, um, with everything that's going on, there's still a lingering fear that even though as the numbers are coming down, as people are getting vaccinated and everything, there's a lot of people that are still sort of living in that fear mode a little bit. Um, and unless we do our jobs in order to make sure that things are getting safer and safer, especially again, with the way that we um, handle the crowds, the cleaning and and everything of the churches, then we, we can put people at ease. Um, and I don't know, again, I can't speak for everyone, but I don't know if that's happening across the board, but if it's not, it's something that we should to make, pe- make sure that people feel um, safe about returning to Mass, because there is that hunger that I've seen still from people wanting to receive Jesus and be in prayer in church with their community. All right. All right, Father, we have a couple comments from our online social media streams. Uh, Lori, one of our listeners, says, online Mass is wo- is wonderful, but I do need that face-to-face, which I think is the same way that a lot of Catholics have been feeling. Roxanne says, I think our church is cleaner than restaurants, grocery stores, or any public place. We've been sanitizing every single day for almost a year now. I think that's that's a fair point as well. And then Christopher said this question, which it seems like you've already answered. He asks, how do you explain to people that returning to mass does not mean you deny that the virus exists? So what has been sort of your go to father to try to convince people to come back to the sacraments? Uh, Well, the need for grace. I mean, kind of like what um, someone mentioned before, one of the initial comments, mass is great, but we still need the face to face. But even greater than the face-to-face, you need Jesus. You need the grace of the sacrament. And that's one of the most powerful things, if not the most powerful things, that we can um, receive as as Catholics, as faithful people, as followers of Christ. You know what? The, the community is great. The social aspect is great. And yes, you can watch Mass in your pajamas in bed while having a sip of coffee. But still, you're not receiving Jesus. And so that's that's my go-to um answer or or argument you know we want to be with jesus whenever you have someone that you love you want to spend time with them you want to be with them you want to be able to look them in the eye to to caress them to touch them and for us as catholics there's no better way to do that than by receiving the eucharist by receiving the body blood soul and divinity of christ and so that if that's not powerful enough to get you to mass then oh then we're not doing our job well. <laughs> now, going forward, Myra on YouTube says she's the director of a retreat ministry at her parish, and she's having a hard time picking up where they left off last year. So for everyone who's trying to get sort of back to normal, what is your advice, Father? Basically, make sure that you're following the procedures, because again, not only not only um, the youth, but also the parents are very, very, very concerned about everything that's going on, make sure that you cover your bases when it comes to, again, the restrictions, the masks, the distancing, um, and try to make it appealing. Try to make it fun. I mean, and sometimes, 
especially when it comes to the youth, um, people tend to think that mass is boring, that church is boring, that there's nothing lively about it, that I can probably just stay home and watch Netflix or something. So make it appealing, make it fun, make it something, especially for the youth, that they're going to remember that they're going to want to come back. Um, and with all that, you know, just give them the beauty of Jesus. Um, and I think that's something that is going to be captivating for a lot of people. And yes, we're, right now we're wearing masks, we're doing all these activities um, that, that, kind of hinder us a little bit from the lifestyle that we had before. But again, it's kind of like just playing in, in winter. You know what? We can still do a lot of things outside that are fun in winter as we did in summer. We're just, and now we have an extra layer that is uh, protective um, for us. So, I mean, just think of it, think of it as that. So just another layer of protection that we're, we're putting on kind of like we do in winter and then try to make it as normal within the restrictions and limitations that we have. Uh, Father, I was wondering if uh, whenever I was uh, at the beginning of this lockdown, uh, mm-hmm. or towards the end of it, rather, uh, a lot of my friends were like going out partying and having friends over at their house and having birthday parties. Uh, and I posted on Facebook and I was like, if y'all are ha- having people over at your house, you should be going back to mass. And I had a number of people come out and reach out to me and said, hey, you know, that really convicted me. I knew that I should have been going back to Mass, but I just didn't have a good reason. Uh, can you tell people a good reason to go back to Mass now? You got about 30 seconds, Father. Oh, Jesus, 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 Mary, <laughs> Joseph, the saints, <laughs> the sacraments. There is nothing greater. There's nothing more beautiful, nothing more powerful that can um, motivate us to come back to Mass. We need Jesus. We need um, His love, His mercy, His grace. Um, so just whenever you feel down, whenever you feel bogged down by pandemic virus stuff, remember in Jesus you find consolation, refuge, strength, grace, everything that you can possibly think. Amen. All right. Wow. Praise be to God, Father Carlos Lamongi from uh, New York. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for Thank your you. witness, Father. God bless you all. All right. God love you. God bless you. That's going to do it for hour one of Catholic Drive Time. Coming up in the next hour, we have our game show, more breaking news and stories, standing of the day, gospel day, and the after show still to come. Tons of Catholic Drive Time headed your way. If you can hang out with us online, we'd love to see you there. Otherwise, God bless you. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Protestants not believe John 6 when it says that Jesus' flesh is real food and that his blood is real drink? I don't know. In Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22, Jesus says of the bread, this is my body. He says of the wine, this is my blood. Not this is symbolic of or this represents. He says this is. In John 6, he repeats himself like he does nowhere else in Scripture to emphasize the fact that he expects us to eat his flesh and drink his blood and that his flesh is real food and that his blood is real drink. Anyone who says he is speaking symbolically and not literally simply is refusing to look at all the facts. Fact number one, the Jews took him literally. You see that in verse 52. Fact number two, 
His disciples took him literally. We see that in verse 60. Fact number three, the apostles took him literally. Verses 67 to 69. If everyone who heard him speak at the time took him literally, then my question is, why does anyone today, 2,000 years after the fact, take him symbolically? Also, in verse 51 of John 6, Jesus says that the bread which he will give for the life of the world is his flesh. When did he give his flesh for the life of the world? On the cross. Was that symbolic? If you think Jesus is speaking symbolically here when he says that we must eat his flesh and drink his blood, then you must also conclude that Jesus' death on the cross was only symbolic. It wasn't really Jesus hanging up there. It was symbolic flesh and symbolic blood. Jesus is clearly talking about the flesh that he gave for the life of the world. He did that on the cross. Those who believe he is talking symbolically here in John 6 have a real problem when it comes to John 6, verse 51. Did Jesus give us his real flesh and blood for the life of the world? Or was it only his symbolic flesh and blood? A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. How are you going to do in the Catholic Trivia Game Show coming up? Do you think you can handle these questions? Well, we have three more opportunities to get in on this week's prize in our game show, which will be the next segment. And I'll give out the phone number at that time right before we go to that uh, segment. And you could be the contestant, possibly win some prizes. And here's the kicker. You don't even need to know the answers to the questions. So be ready to to uh, call in when I give out the number. But uh, we'll have breaking news and stories, saint of the day, gospel of the day, uh, and the after show. And there's a ton of comments and new people, new names. This is exciting. Uh, of course, the team is here. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning, Joe. That was a great interview with Father Carlos. Yes. And I think everyone who's commenting was just so comforted by his, like, what a good father. Like, he really stood up for his flock and his spiritual children. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, of course, you know, he, he decided he needed to take some action to, you know, put a seed in some hearts, and he did that through a, a viral sign in front of a grocery store, but praise God, it was amazing. Uh, speaking of amazing, Adrian Fonseca is here. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning. I, I like that uh, that introduction much better. It's, much it's a good better. one. It's a good introduction. <laughs> well, be patient. Tomorrow's a new day, and who knows what the Lord will bring to you. A humility, um, probably. Humility is probably on the agenda. But at any rate, you're, you're going to be posting that conversation with Father Carlos later today? Oh, yes. It'll be on Rumble, Facebook, and YouTube at the Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel. So 
check out that interview there and share it with people because this interview I think will help a lot of people uh, come back to mass for one and two to help them uh, understand the importance of mass and why we should be coming back so definitely check it out on Facebook YouTube and on Rumble and share it with your friends and family yeah, praise be to God. Now, yesterday's trivia questions were probably a little too tough. So hopefully I picked uh, some somewhat easier questions today. I, I don't know. We'll have to just see. But uh, three more chances coming up, and I'm excited about that. But let's begin with prayer and dive into this hour of Catholic Drive Time. Uh, so whatever your intentions are, dear listener, and let me tell you, if you're hanging out with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, you can leave a comment with a specific intention if you'd like, or tell us you have a special intention. Whatever it is, we're going to be including your intentions with our own intentions and asking Our Lady to intercede on all of our behalf and have uh, have them whispered into the ear of her divine child that he may draw us ever so more closely into his most sacred heart. So let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known. That anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. A third woman has accused New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo of inappropriate and aggressive behavior. Just hours after the official formally referred himself for investigation over similar allegations from two former aides. Cuomo has faced growing criticism, including from within his own Democratic Party, for suggesting that two former aides who accused him of inappropriate behavior at the end of February, Charlotte Bennett and Lindsey Boyland, had misinterpreted him. He has denied ever inappropriately touching or propositioning anyone. But on Sunday, the 63-year-old bowed to pressure to grant an independent investigation. Instagram this week suspended another popular Catholic account for apparent copyright violations. Catholic Connect, an account sharing Catholic-themed content with a traditional bent aimed at young adults, was shut down on Friday on February 28th after Instagram notified its CEO of two copyright violations. Richie Orozco, CEO of Catholic Connect, said that he got a copyright infringement notification from Instagram, which showed him a small preview of the apparent offending material. Orozco said he and his team didn't recognize the content, which appeared to be a video, in the preview provided by Instagram. Catholic Connect's account has has almost 300,000 followers, and the account's team have appealed the suspension to Instagram. The parish of St. Sabina in Chicago announced on Sunday that it would withhold its monthly contributions to the Archdiocese until an abuse investigation into its longtime pastor is completed. Two brothers in January had accused Father Michael Flager of sexually abusing them when they were teens. Flager denies the allegations, but he stepped aside from ministry after the first accusation was made and the Archdiocese first announced its investigation. Father Flager is known for his outspoken social justice activism. The parish said that they would not use the funds, which amount to $100,000, for ministry outreach or any current or future programs, and would pay the Archdiocese in full at the conclusion of the investigation. The Archdiocese of Chicago has said that it is difficult to predict how long it will take to reach a final determination, as much of the process is not within their control. 
and hundreds of schoolgirls that were kidnapped at gunpoint in Nigeria have been rescued. The 279 girls were abducted on Friday by armed men who raided their state-run school in Nigeria's northwest Zamfara state. Yusuf Idris, a spokesman for the regional governor, said Tuesday the girls had been safely returned and were all accounted for. The girls' abduction is the latest in a string of similar kidnapping cases in Nigeria. Boarding schools in northern Nigeria have become targets for mass kidnappings for ransom by armed criminal gangs, a trend started by the jihadist group Boko Haram and continued by its offshoot, the Islamic State West Africa province. One father, Lawal Abdullahi, has seven daughters who were among those kidnapped and freed. He said his seven daughters would go back to school and said, quote, This is a ploy to deny our girls from getting the Western education in which we are far behind. We should not succumb to blackmail. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. St. Agnes of Prague, pray for us. She was born in 1205 in Prague in Bohemia. She was the princess and the youngest daughter of King Odekar I and Queen Constance of Bohemia, educated by the Cistercian nuns at Trebnitz there in Germany. And though very early on she felt the call to religious life, to live in a convent, Unfortunately for her, she was promised in marriage to several people, but ultimately to Emperor Frederick II. And uh, she would employ the, uh, let's just say, the help of a mighty power. The Pope himself came to her rescue and influenced Emperor Frederick II to uh, to let go of the marriage promise. Now, he did feel reproached by this, but ultimately realized that he was g- losing to the King of Kings, the King of Heaven himself. And so it wasn't all that bad. And she was very happy because she would go on to build a Franciscan hospital, and uh, she would also establish a confraternity of crusaders, the Red Star, uh, to staff the, the hospital and its related clinic. She also built a Franciscan friar in 1234, and the poor Clare convent of St. Savior in Prague was established, and her and five nuns entered the convent on Pentecost Sunday there in 1234. She became its abbess and spent 50 years in the cloister. She was always free with her wealth and service to the poor. She enjoyed cooking for the other sisters and mending the clothes of the lepers. And she kept a, uh, a nice little letter correspondence with St. Clair of Assisi herself, although they never met personally. Uh, St. Agnes was given to prophecy and to ecstasies, especially at Holy Mass. And she died on the 6th of March, 1282, there in the convent of St. Savior in Prague. She was canonized on November the 12th, 1989, by Pope St. John Paul II. St. Agnes of Prague, pray for us. The Gospel comes to us from Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seats on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to carry and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation, Rabbi. As for you, do not be called Rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. 
Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is the great call no man father passage. I can't tell you how many times I've had to reference this passage to, to, uh, to explain why Catholics would dare call their priest father when Jesus himself seems to forbid it. But you know what I always found fascinating? Whenever I spoke to a non-Catholic who would bring this point up and reference this verse, I noticed they didn't have a whole lot of problems, you know, with their teachers back when they were in high school, for instance. They didn't, you know, demand not to call them teachers, for instance, or masters, masters. But they simply focused on this one aspect of father in relation to Catholic priests. They didn't seem to have a problem calling their own dad's father for whatever reason. Just just priests being called father was an issue, and it seems rather strange. So the question becomes, is Jesus prohibiting priests from being called father here? Is, is, is no one allowed to be called? Am I, the father of my children, not allowed to be called father by them? Well, the answer, of course, is no, that's not the case. Well, then what is the case? We, in fact, see Jesus calling Abraham father in uh, Luke 16. St. Paul does the same thing in Romans 4. In fact, St. Paul would claim for himself spiritual fatherhood over those whom he, the churches he set up and the Christians he you know brought into the church and the faith, he claims spiritual fatherhood over all of them in Philippians 2 and in 1 Corinthians 4 as well as other places. St. Stephen, the very first martyr and deacon of the church called the, the uh, patriarch's father in Acts chapter 7. And then, of course, we see in 1 John chapter 2 the word father being used to address the presbyters. And not just once, but on uh, several occasions in the same passage. So, and what are presbyters? Well, that's the word we get the English word priest for. So, we see over and over and over again the use of the word father to describe spiritual fatherhood in many locations by Jesus and his disciples. Well, then what does Jesus mean here? Well, the interpretive key is found in this very passage. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. Because they had authority, rightful authority, it was the example that mattered most. If I fail in my own duty to lead my children to God the Father, then what business do I have in being called Father? But if I do uphold my vocation as husband, as father, as a man who leads his children to the Father of Heaven, then can I not share in that title? And I think Jesus himself makes that clear as his disciples employ the very term. Emily, Adrian? Yes, so I think uh, whenever, uh, whenever I was looking at this passage, one thing uh, that stood out to me was the chair of St. Peter uh, is referenced here. This is where we get the devotion to the chair of St. Peter, which is now on uh, February 22nd is whenever we celebrate the, the feast of the chair of St. Peter. Why do we celebrate the feast of the chair of St. Peter? Because here we reference the Moses seat, which is a prefigurement of that chair which Peter sits on. And Alapide has a lot to say about this, but I think uh, the one thing that I want to focus on is here uh, Alapide referencing the papacy and showing that the early church fathers, namely Jerome, referring back to Saint uh, to Pope Damasus 
uh, made a reference to St. Peter, and in it, he makes this very, very bold claim. He says, uh, writing to Pope Damasus, I follow no leader but Christ, and join in communion with none but your blessedness, that is, with the chair of Peter. I know that this is the rock on which the church has been built. Whoever eats the lamb outside this house is profane. Anyone who is not in the ark of Noah will perish when the flood prevails. So here he's referencing to heretical sects that even though they have the proper sacraments, they still have uh, valid priests and bishops and whatnot. Uh, whenever they are not with the chair of St. Peter, uh, their sacraments do not bring them to eternal life. Amen. Praise be to God. Well, we're getting ready to go to a break, and it's that time for the game show. And so if you've tried to call before, and over the past several days, there's been a ton of people calling in, but they just they weren't the first. It has to be the first caller. So we've reached that time. You can be our contestant today. It's super easy. All you need to do is call 877-757-9424, first caller. And if you've never played before, that's even better. If you have played before, we ask that it at least be a month since the last time you played. 877-757-9424. Three questions, three, three opportunities to win the prize today and this week. And you don't even need to know the answers to any of these questions. It's that easy. 877-757-9424. Prizes are at stake. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's dis Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the App Store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation 
by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. Our uh, very fun Catholic uh, trivia game show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So uh, don't tell anybody this, okay? But this is just between us. What we like to do here is secretly teach a little bit about the faith, have a laugh in the process, and give out prizes. So it's kind of a win-win-win for everybody. And here's the kicker. If you're just joining us, you don't even need to know the questions. You don't even know the answers because I don't ask you, the caller, the questions. I, in fact, ask Emily and Adrian the questions. One of them will be right. The other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's sponsor for our game show is Gifts by Beth. So Beth is one of our listeners, and she has uh, a website, giftsbybeth.com, where she sells her handmade rosaries, uh, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, all with a Catholic twist. So this week, she's giving away her Our Lady of Grace handcrafted rosary. It's so beautiful. You can see a picture of it if you visit our social media pages. But thank you to Beth for sponsoring this week's prize. Praise be to God. All right. I saw a bunch of calls come in. And uh, if you tried to get in on today's game show, thank you for trying. We're very grateful. We love seeing the calls come in. But uh, we only take the first caller. So try tomorrow. Get that phone number. Keep it nice and handy. Call early. And maybe you can be the first caller tomorrow. We'll still have more opportunities all week long. But let's go to the phones. Melanie, this morning, uh, good morning to you. Thank you for being on our program. Good morning. I thought only people from Texas got through. <laughs> so where are you from, you Melanie? Think. Where are you from? Uh, Milton, Florida, the Panhandle. Hey now, praise be to God. Uh, you have a, a, a nice claim there. The very first Catholic Mass in North America was uh, said right there in uh, in the Panhandle area. So praise be to God for that, Melanie. Where, where do you go to church? Yes. Uh, St. Rose of Lima. St. Rose of Lima. In Milton. Well, how wonderful. We're very excited to have a Florida call on, actually. Um, have you been listening before? Do you understand the rules and how the game is played? I do. So you know that Emily and Adrian could try to fool you at any time. You've got to be very careful. They're very crafty. They can be tricky. They can be tricky. <laughs> but I am on your side. You do know that, right? I am definitely rooting for you, Melanie, today. All right, Melanie, are you ready to go? Yes. Emily, we'll start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? I'm ready. Here we go. Emily, can you tell me what is forbidden by the third commandment of God? The third commandment, that's um, don't take the Lord's name in vain. So I would say saying God's name when you're not in prayer. Are you sure? Yeah, I think Mm. so. Mm. What is forbidden by the third commandment of God? Adrian, can you tell me? What is forbidden by the third commandment of God? Uh, Let's see. The third commandment of God is to keep holy the Sabbath. So that's forbidding unnecessary servile work on Sundays. Mm, Third commandment. Adrian says uh, unnecessary work on Sundays is forbidden. Emily says not taking the Lord's name in vain is forbidden. Or don't take the Lord's name in vain, rather. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Emily or Adrian? Melanie, what say you? Adrian. Survey says... 
There wow. you go. Easy well peasy. Done. You were not fooled at all, Melanie. Congratulations. You I was sweating it. I'm having to recount the commandments. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be to God. Well, it's a good thing we don't I'm do well, like a on pop quiz. way to work. It's a good thing we don't do like a pop quiz and make you count all of the commandments live on the radio. That, that would, would be, be terrible. Probably less fun. I don't think I, I, don't think I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd fail. Uh, we would all probably fail. All right. Here we go. Good job. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence. Melanie, ready for question two? Yes. Let's do it. Adrian, we'll start with you. Adrian, what is the term for the sin of revealing true but hidden faults of a person? Uh, let's see. Hidden, uh, revealing the hidden faults or sins of someone. Uh, they're true. They're true. But, but nobody knows them, so and you're lying. letting them out of the bag. That would be the sin of detraction. Are you sure? I like seventy percent sure, maybe I don't okay. know something okay. up there. More let's than fifty. What, let's see what Emily says. Emily, can you tell me what is the term for the sin of revealing true but hidden faults of a person? I, I believe the word for this is calumny. I'm not sure though. Calumny mm-hmm. could be. Who knows? Emily says cal- calumny, and Adrian says detraction. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Melanie, what say you? It's just a guess, Adrian. Uh, survey says. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> two for there, two. Emily. Wow. You know, was I committing the sin of detraction by letting the world know that Emily and Adrian try to fool people? Uh, I'm just curious. <laughs> this is actually a really interesting moral question that we're not going to talk about right now. <laughs> Very fascinating fact right there. All right. Uh, congratulations, Melanie. Two chances in the coffee cup of Divine Providence. You are like uh, swinging for the fences here. Third question, and I gotta I have to believe this is the, probably the easiest of all three. So let's just see how this goes here. Um, Emily, we're back on you this time. Okay. Emily, can you tell me whom... Does the hypostatic union refer to? Hypostatic union. Okay. Uh, so this is the union of the divine and human nature in Jesus Christ. He was both God and man. So your answer is Jesus Christ. Yes. If you need okay. a name, it's Jesus. <laughs> I need a name. All right. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me whom does the hypostatic union refer to? Who does the hypostatic union refer to? I'm going to go with um, with Paul because he has uh, the two uh, swords that he receives uh, and all the images of him and each of the swords shows a union of his preaching office. Okay. Um, so Adrian is on the hook for St. Paul and Emily's on the hook for Jesus Christ. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Melanie, nice what's try, you? Adrian, but it's, it's Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I nice try. I, I couldn't. What, was it, in fact, a nice try, Melanie? I'm not sure. I'm I, sure. I got to give him. He was a little low. He was just a little loquacious in his answer. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give you credit for that creativity, though. Wow. She said loquacious. I don't even know what that means. But it sounded insulting. I'm just teasing. I'm only teasing. A little wordy. Yeah, I know. I'm only teasing. Praise God, Melody, you did. Wow, three for three. I felt, you know, uh, yesterday's caller was like, got all the hard questions. I feel like... Uh, I feel like. Oh, yesterday's were hard. They were tough. They were tough. But she did very well. Praise be to God. She did very, yeah. very well. Well, Melanie, three times... Times in the coffee cup of divine providence, you have to feel pretty good about that. Yeah. 
Well, God and is if good. If my priests are listening, I hope I did them <laughs> did them well. You Amen. absolutely did. Amen. <laughs> uh, cradle Catholic or convert to the church, Melanie? Cradle Catholic. Praise be to God. Well, thank you for your witness today, and thank you for playing in the Catholic uh, Drive Time Trivia Game Show. We're very grateful to you. Thank you. We're going to put you on hold now, Melanie, and we will get your phone number in case you are the winner. If it be God's will, divine providence, uh, that your name be called out, we'll pull the winner on Friday. Now, I think on Friday is a double double uh, banger for us because we get to give somebody a, a Mercedes Friday uh, in the first part of this hour on Friday. And then, of course, before we say goodbye uh, to uh, send our listeners off to the Holy Mass, we'll, of course, pull out a winner for the game show, too. So we're giving a lot of cool stuff away on Friday. I'm very excited about that. Emily, uh, how are we doing on prize underwriting? I mean, we've had some pretty cool prizes. Uh, Beth giving us the gift this week. We're very excited about that. But do we have what's down the coming down the pike? Anything interesting? Yeah, so we still have plenty of sponsors. I mean, there's just an endless amount of uh, small Catholic businesses that we can pull from. But I have next week is Thy Olive Tree. And so, yes, after this week is Gifts by Beth. Next week is going to be Thy Olive Tree, which um, they make items for babies. Again, so remember, Choose Life was our last baby. Yeah, I messed that up up for about two weeks. (laughs) I I kept saying it was a a chewable rosary when it really, really wasn't the the prize. So I'm going to reserve and wait for that to happen before I start pumping it up. But So we're very excited and we're very grateful to every organization, every company who has generously given us prizes to give away here on Catholic Drive Time. And if you, my dear listener, have an opportunity to thank them personally, we would be grateful on, on uh, for you to do that. So you can always – we should probably list our sponsors on our website. Um, can you give me the list or – Sure. Then I'll yeah. add them to our website. So right now, if you go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, you can see uh, not only the, con- the podcast version of our show is there. We have links to the video content that we post there. Adrian is taking the conversations that we have with our guests and breaking them out by themselves. Uh, that's there, and you can sign up to our email list there. Plus, we're you're going to get the Father Bill Casey talk once you sign up to the email list. Plus, we're doing commentaries on the Sunday Gospels during the season of Lent, and we're sending that via our email, so you can get that. Plus, so much more content right there on our website. And we'll add the sponsors, too, as a way of just saying thank you to being a part of our Catholic Drive Time family. It's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And wow, what a grace. What an awesome opportunity is to hang out with you. If you're going to go to Holy Mass, that starts here in a moment. But if you can hang out with us for the after show, we'll be taking your questions, your comments via Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and wherever else we can find them. In the after show, we'll conversate about the program with you, our dear listeners. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe we'll open up the phones, too. Hmm. You're going to have to jump on a live video stream, Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, to be a part of that conversation. But uh, if you are there now, comment. Let us know where you're from, where you're hanging out, and when did you discover Catholic Drive Time. Until tomorrow, may God richly bless you. May you have a great day, and God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a little bit more casual in our conversation, uh, where we let our hair down. Some of us have more hair than others. Uh, and we conversate about whatever whatever comes up, really. It's very casual. And we talk about your comments in particular. So wherever you're hanging out with us, we're very grateful to you. And there was a ton of comments today, uh, Emily. That's right. Yeah, we had lots of some new listeners as well. Um, Louise on Facebook, when we were on with Father Carlos, said, if people get so easily offended by just a sign and choose to not go to Mass because of that, then they were looking for an excuse. Yeah. I know. It's... um I remember I did this once back in the early days when I started this, the radio, the GRN station in Houston. I was desperate to get as much attention for the station as I could, and I would go to these events. And I remember going to this one event. Um, I won't say the name of the organization. But they were they were very nice to let me in, but nobody seemed interested. Like I was off in the corner, kind of thing. And the cardinal was there, so I'm like, I did not come down here and spend my time away from my family to not be noticed. And so I, st- I took the, the station sign, which we actually have laying in the corner over there, and I held it up. I just stood there and held it high as I could, and, and it was, like, awkward. It was so awkward, but I did it for, like, ever. Like, they're all mingling and talking, and I'm just standing there holding my sign. And the cardinal came up and asked me, like, uh, I can't remember what he said to me. Something like, uh, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yes, your eminence. I'm perfectly fine. I'm just trying to get my money's worth. That's all. <laughs> you know, sometimes d- desperate times call for desperate measures. Speaking of desperate, Adrian's back. <laughs> Praise God. Wait, what are you trying to say about me? Uh, nothing. Uh, did y'all see uh, Jesus's amazing comment? Uh, according to your contract agreement, we are not allowed to read Jesus's uh, comments without you being present first. Well, I have to say this is probably one of the best comments he's ever made. Uh, just like ever in his life. He said, thank you, Joe. And that amazing producer, Dominican-inspired Adrian Fonseca. I'm just saying, wow. I don't, you know, the, he he seems like a very inspired man. The Holy Ghost is obviously speaking through him. Obviously. Uh, obviously. Yeah. So he's he's a man of God. You he's can a tell. prophet. You huh? can tell. Okay. Uh, he mentioned my name, at least in the comments. So praise God for that. Um, I like he he got a he got a good chuckle out of your two swords thing. <laughs> you know, it didn't even make any sense. No, I was actually clearly. referring to Peter is what, <laughs> right. what I meant to say because you know Peter wields the two swords of the secular and religious authority. Uh, so now Saint Paul is depicted with a sword in a lot of uh, images. Right. Yes, because of Ephesians, right? Um, where the you know the 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 sword being a double edged sword, the word of the Lord. Any at any rate. So the two swords threw me off. I almost, I almost lost complete control. I know. I saw you over there. You were like <laughs> dying over there. And then like, afterwards, Emily had to mute herself. And I, was, yeah. Like, <laughs> but but Melanie was not fooled by you. She no, was not, not at having all. It. She was not having it. Praise be to God. She was she she was pretty sharp. Uh, Christopher uh, hang, hanging out with us on uh, we I think we actually read this comment on air, but it says I finally succeeded in watching this live from the beginning instead of watching it right after at eight o'clock. I will now enjoy the broadcast. Praise be to God. We're so grateful, Chris, that you are a part of our program. And he always watches our shows afterwards, uh, after the fact. So thank you for that, Chris. Uh, Joaquin on the Catholic Drive Time Facebook page said, Adrian couldn't keep a straight face, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was like, I was like, I have no idea what I'm saying right now. <laughs> uh, praise be to God. 
<laughs> Myra, you tried calling in. I'm so sorry uh, you didn't make it, uh, but tomorrow's a new day. Have that phone number ready. Call in early. Weird. She did say, can, can you pick easy questions tomorrow? Just thought I'd ask. Mm. <laughs> Asking for a friend, huh? Okay. Yeah, I, I felt bad for yesterday's caller. I really felt like, oh, after I read the questions, I was like, oh, my. I, I picked all the hardest ones. But she still did pretty well, though. Yeah, two for three. Yeah, pretty good. Praise God. Uh, so we'll see what the Holy Ghost brings to you there tomorrow, Myra. Maybe it'll be uh, all uh, all Dominican theology or something. I don't know. That'd be based. Yeah, it'll make these two happy. That's for sure. Dan <laughs> hanging out with us on YouTube. I, I don't, is Dan? I don't. I don't recognize Dan's name before. So is Dan new? Do you guys recognize? No. Dan? Yeah, he's, Do- he's commented uh, many times before. Oh, praise God! I just must have missed it. I'm sorry, Dan, for missing you. But uh, we're very grateful you're hanging out with us today. I see Angelo over there. Praise be to God. I also see on YouTube side Clarissa, and Clarissa had a really great comment here. She said, uh, I'm a devout Catholic and an ICU nurse in San Antonio. Of course, the vaccine was offered to me at the start of distribution. I'm pregnant, and I refused. My heart goes out to the victims of miscarriage. Amen. Mm-hmm. That is amazing, because there is a... I mentioned this story. I didn't even read the story, but it, Epic Times reported... That three dozen cases of spontaneous miscarriages and stillbirths occurring after COVID vaccinations. Epic Times was reporting on that. So there's been a ton of reports of issues related to the vaccine. And, um, but we're not allowed to talk about that. We're not allowed to mention the downsides. Have y'all uh, seen Clarissa comment before? Because I, I don't remember seeing Clarissa here before. Clarissa, if you're still listening, uh, is this your first time listening or commenting rather? Uh, let us know. Yeah, I'm almost afraid to ask that question now because every time I do, it's like, oh, no, he's a regular. They're a regular. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm embarrassed. Well, to be fair, I'm like monitoring the chat the entire show and responding to comments, uh, whereas you're only looking over during whenever you get a chance. So yeah. I give you a little bit of a break. You're Just a awesome. little bit. You're awesome. Uh, praise be to God. Of course, our our top fans were also hanging out with us today. I want to know why Jesus Robles is not listed as a top fan. It's because it, it's he, he hops around. Because he streams. hops around. He, he goes stream shopping all the time. Uh, Monica Cortez was hanging out with us. She's listed as a top fan. Praise be to God. So is Patty. So is Lori. Uh, and I, I love seeing all the shares, too, by the way. So we get a little dashboard so we can see. I can see how many people were sharing and commenting and, and, and reacting to the stream on Facebook side. I can't really see that on YouTube side. So if you're hanging out with us anywhere, comment, like, share. Those are really powerful opportunities to help us spread the word about Catholic Drive Time. Um, what else? Praise be to God. Any questions or comments about the show at all? We'd love to know. Uh, comment and we'll read it live on the air. Christopher had a good comment earlier. He said, I have a feeling that St. Damien of Molokai would be the saint of 2020. And as Providence had it, it was during the first weeks of the lockdown that I first learned about this heroic priest. It's good to see more priests following his example or popping up. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Jesus said Facebook doesn't like him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Facebook doesn't like you. I'm sorry, my Facebook friend. doesn't like us either. Yeah. Monica said, we watched Pray the Movie last night. It was beautiful. Amen. It was so inspiring. It's hard to imagine Hollywood supporting the rosary. Our family will start praying together daily. Praise be to God. <gasps> praying more people will view this beautiful movie. Awesome. Praise wow. be to Jesus Christ. We watched it as a family this past weekend. It was great. We really loved it. Um, Lori said, I'm visiting churches with my 87-year-old mother. It is so wonderful to be back in church. I really missed it. Online mass is wonderful, but I need 
that face to face. Yeah, amen. Praise be to God. Roxanne. We didn't we we read Roxanne's comment uh, we did. during yeah. our conversation with Father. I think our church is cleaner than restaurants, grocery stores, or any other public place. We've been sanitizing every single day for almost a year now. <laughs> wow. Uh, sorry, I wasn't laughing at that. <laughs> yeah. David sent me a text. Uh, David Machianis, one of our uh, our assistant GM here in the and the Houston station, and uh, also the co-host for the Catholic lunch break in Houston. He sent me a text message. He said. Did you mention the coffee cups? Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. <laughs> Maybe we should. Uh, we have brand new Catholic Drive Time coffee mugs. Uh, can we start our own little mug club? I'm wondering. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting theory. But we have uh, we have uh, these coffee mugs that were just shipped, shipped to us yesterday, as a matter of fact. So praise be to God. I don't know what we're going to do with them yet. We're going to come up with something creative, though, I promise. We'll come up with, uh, Did you see uh, Rosant- Rosantina? From Eagle Pass. good. I think it's our first Eagle Pass listener. Good morning from Eagle Pass, Texas. Praise be to God. Uh, that was super cool. And then Melanie saying, you know, I, thought, I wasn't sure if it was a requirement to be from Texas to be on the game <laughs> show. Now, in our defense, Melanie. Okay. We've, we've had, we had another Florida caller. We've had, uh, we've had Kathy from Massachusetts. I want to say we've had people from, we've had a few people from Maryland on. I think we might have had at least one Virginia caller. Um, you know who we've never had is, is anybody from – do we have somebody from Buffalo? We might have early on. And I think maybe one a while ago. Did we? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Oklahoma – not Oklahoma, but um, Kansas rather. Boy, it would be awesome to have somebody on from Kansas. Uh, Alabama, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can always be a game show contestant. That would be super cool. Um, in fact, I just added that yesterday to our website. That says um, the states that we co- we're broadcasting in uh, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and the stations of the cross. Uh, Valerie says, I wish I wasn't in the car during the after show. I know. Should we open up the phones? I wonder if anybody wants to give us a call. Sure. Uh, the, the phones are open so people can call. So if you would like to call and, be a, and comment or question about our show today, uh, see where you want to go. Uh, let's do that right now. If you'd like to call us. 877-757-9424. If you give us a call, we'll put you on with us right now as a part of our after show at 877-757-9424. We've got a little bit of time here. We can comment, uh, get comments and questions from you live over the phone if you want to be a part of our conversation at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. On YouTube, Bernadette said, what is the name of the movie you're talking about? We're talking about PrayTheFilm.com. Is it a website? Pray the story of Father Patrick Payton. Uh, It's a great movie about praying the rosary, about the priest who said, uh, who coined the term, the family who prays together, stays together. Uh, So that's what we're talking about. And Bernadette said she's from San Antonio. At least I assume the SA was San Antonio. Just assuming uh and mayra said uh how can i get one of those cups i'll buy some uh so we have to figure out a way to uh here i'll put it on emily so emily's showing off the mug uh we have to figure out what to do with these maybe we'll do a giveaway maybe we'll sell them maybe i have no i have no idea what we're gonna do we'll figure it out (laughs) we'll have to just figure out what we're gonna do with these we have to do something special maybe maybe i don't know maybe they go to uh people that are super fans on our email list maybe i don't know We'll come up with something interesting, and we'll let you know. Ah, uh, Bernadette said South Africa. That's a big Whoa, difference. Very big, big difference. difference. <laughs> I, I was I was off by a couple miles. Not Bernadette. not that much. 
That is amazing. Praise be to God, Bernadette. South Africa. We had a Canada caller, our Canada uh, listener the other day. So South, that's got to be the furthest so far that we know of. If you're further from South Africa, let us know. We would love to know. Praise be to God. We have a caller coming in. Adrian's going to go screen that right now. But uh, Bernadette, that's super, wow. that's super awesome. South Africa. Praise be to God. Obviously listening on YouTube. Thank you for that. Do us a favor. Like and share on uh, on YouTube. You know, it's interesting on YouTube is we... We see a lot of um, subscribers come in through YouTube. Every day we get more and more subscribers. But we very few of the subscribers ever see our content in, in their feed. And it's because of the, uh, the sort of the shadow banding that goes on with content on that platform. So the like button is super important to us as well as shares. Praise be to God. All right. Is uh, Valerie on the line with us? Valerie? Yes, sir. Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. How are you? I am good. I was I, I was saying that I didn't like the after show show because I'm always in the car dropping off my son. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise so, be to God. Uh, there's really funny stuff. Yeah. He's dropped off. I was actually in the line to drop him off so I could dial the number. <laughs> oh, how wonderful. That worked out very safely then. So what's on your agenda yeah. today, Valerie? My agenda today, oh, I actually made an appointment for um, to go to reconciliation today. Yay! Yay! I know, I just, it's like storming, raining or something when they have it, and I'm like, I'm just going to make an appointment. (laughs) I don't do that with appointments, because there's a lot of times you're in line and you see a whole bunch of people... And you kind of just cut it short because you feel bad about the people standing behind you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> may not make it. So I just call in. For whatever reason, <laughs> no one in front of me ever feels that way, Valerie, because they'll spend <laughs> 10 hours in there. I can't tell you how many times I have waited an hour and a half to two hours to go to confession only to be the next person in line when Father has to go, I'm so sorry, I've got to go. Uh, and then I'm like, that's okay, Father, I just have one more thing to confess now. And then I, I begrudgingly leave, you know. Yes. I, I am so grateful that uh, the, that the parish I go to has uh, confessions during Mass. Yes. Because that is, it's such a grace. It's such a it grace. It is. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, to be able to uh, go to Mass. And if J- John Paul II, he recommended, he said, priest, please, if you have uh, a second priest at your parish, while the priest is saying Mass, the other priest should be in the confessional. Yeah. Uh, such a grace. Such a grace. Yeah. Praise be to God. Um, Valerie, so what was your yes. what was your favorite part of our, our show today? Oh, I was laughing too at Adrian and the crosses and the sword. He, 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 he's pretty shady. <laughs> Did you guess pretty all those shady. questions right? Uh, yes. Only the last one because of the sword. <laughs> right. <laughs> like what? Yeah, a little bit of a stretch. A little bit of a stretch. I was gonna say go harder and like make a Our Lady reference, but I was like, ah, I don't want to make it too difficult. And then oh, I got confused right. and ended up talking about swords, and I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that thing about con- I can remember going to confession. I was so happy one time when oh, it was probably. 10 years ago, where I went to a theology on tap, and it was at a church, and they had, I'd never been to confession like at 9 o'clock at night, and they had um, 
priest at nine o'clock at night with music in the background, so nobody could hear you. The priest couldn't even hear you. But, wow. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never gotten to go to confession at night. This is wonderful. Praise be to God. So, yeah. Well, God love you, uh, Valerie. We're very grateful that you're part of our show and listening every day. And thank you for calling in. We're very grateful to you. Thank you. All right. God Anytime. love you, Valerie. Have a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Praise be to God. Okay. Bye-bye. If you want to call in and be a part of our show, let us know where you're from and uh, how you listen and questions or comments. You can call right now. Our phone lines are open at 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. You know, I was just thinking about Bernadette uh, being from South Africa. I don't know. if Could you tell? I wonder if anybody could tell this. And be honest in the comments if you could tell. But our intro, uh, the accent is South African. And we did that on purpose. Or at our, least I did. I our, did that on purpose. <laughs> our listeners from the beginning of the show would remember because we talked about our intro and talked about uh, getting that, uh, how we got the intro done yeah. at the beginning of our show. <laughs> so our, uh, our longtime fans from day one would day remember. Day one, yes. And I, I love our intro. I think it sounds fantastic. I do too, but I'm slightly biased. Uh, <laughs> you're slightly biased because you made it. You, you, you mastered it, right? Oh, it looks so good. Um, I love. If you go to the Catholic Drive Time uh, YouTube channel, I actually posted just the intro with the video and the sounds uh, because uh, I just thought it was super cool. I was like, yeah. I'm going to share it with people. Plus, I want to give um, the music that we uh, purchased for it, uh, give them a shout out. So I linked the, where we got the music from. Now, coming up this week, we have... Uh we're trying to get some interesting guests lined up for the, for the rest of this week. We, ha- we do have Kim Zember uh, booked for Thursday. Now, who booked? Was it you, Emily? That or, was me. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about Kim. So, Kim, she wrote this book um, about her experience with same-sex attraction, being a Catholic with same-sex attraction. Um, and so her book is called Restless Heart. It's uh, published by Sophia Institute Press. And so she's just like opens up very vulnerable about what what is the sort of it's like a difficult place to be to have ssa and to be catholic and so she just talks about how how to be ssa and be catholic at the same time properly because a lot of people like um they they it's like a controversial topic you know people want the church's teachings to change um but that can't happen because the church has a distinct understanding of what marriage is intended for. And so Kim is going to talk about her own experience, the book that she wrote, and also the the ministry and vocation of people with same-sex attraction. That's super cool. Uh, We're excited about that conversation. So that'll be on Thursday. Uh, Next week, we have Melissa Maleski, The Role of Women in the World. Did I say that correctly? And Professor Pakuluk. How do I say that name properly? Who booked? Who looks bo- like Pakaluk? I didn't Pakaluk. book him though. Is that you, Adrian? Yes, that was me. Is it, is it Pakaluk? Honestly, I am not <laughs> sure. I think some of these names are incredibly difficult, and I always butcher them every time. It's I, so painful. I only know half of a language. My English is not great, um, and that's the only language I know. So I know like half of a language. Yeah. So names are very difficult for me. But uh, he, I was reading his book on. Um, he wrote a book basically. At first, I was like, "Ah, this seems kind of boring. It was basically a new translation of the Gospel of St. John. And I was like, okay, I mean, I use the Douay-Rheims. I uh, like the Douay-Rheims. Why do I need another translation of the Bible? But then I was reading it, um, and I was really blown away because he weaves in the influence of Our Lady 
on St. John and how it comes out in the Gospel of St. John. And I had never heard of anyone ever doing this before. It was the first time I've ever heard of this um, of this whole idea, uh, this drawing out of uh, images of Our Lady in yeah. Scripture. Yeah. Uh, but not just in Scripture, but in influencing the entirety of the corpus of St. John. Because mm-hmm. uh, Our Lady would have lived with St. John for about 30 years or so. Uh, so that uh, that blew me away. So at first I was kind of skeptical. And after reading it, I haven't finished the book yet, but I was reading it. And I was like, oh, this this is really cool and uh, very unique. So I thought it would be a, he'd be a good interview. Well, we're, we'll have that conversation with him next week. Myra over on YouTube says, wonder if Father Donald Calloway could be a guest on your show. He wrote The Consecration of St. Joseph. It's funny you should, uh, you should bring that up, Myra, because he was a guest on our show. We talked to Father Calloway on this program, what was it, about a month ago maybe? Oh, it was longer than that. Was but it longer? I, it was on, um, you go to our Catholic Drive Time page, it's there. Uh, I can uh, share it again. I can go find it and share it in and the, the different chats, but yeah. we have definitely did an interview with them before. And Emily and I did an interview with Father Calloway that we are giving away at our next Sherathon. So there we talk about all things uh, St. Joseph, theology of St. Joseph, um, whether he was young or old, uh, and all sorts of other things. So if you want to get that information during our Sherathon, be sure to find out how you can get that talk during our Sherathon. Yes, amen. So Sherathon is coming for the Guadalupe Radio Network, and the Catholic Drive Time team will be a part of that. So we're looking forward to it. But that talk uh, is uh, bespoke just to the donors of the GRN during the Sherathon. So all the every single donor, no matter the gift size, doesn't matter. Everyone will get that uh, that conversation with Father Donald Calloway. But we had one as well here on this show. You can find that on our. YouTube channel, but I think Adrian's going to link to it. Yes. Joaquin over on Facebook says, so is Catholic Drive Time new or was it on a different time slot? I remember the Mass from Birmingham was on at this hour. You're right, Joaquin. Uh, So Catholic Drive Time started in December, um, brand new, Monday through Friday, and original plan was we were going to be two solid hours across the Guadalupe Radio Network and the Station of the Cross, and uh, we were... We launched just on social media in December, and then as we rolled out the show live across the radio, um, we decided to change things up slightly, and what we did was uh, we commissioned a new Mass being said uh, for 7.30 a.m. So the GRN actually airs a Mass live out of Corpus Christi, Texas, with the Salts, which is Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. And... We So we do an hour and a half on the radio, the first hour being carried across GRN and across the Station of the Cross, which is New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Ohio. And then in the second hour, we do a half hour live across the Guadalupe Radio Network, and then we do this the last half hour of our program just on social media only in a uh, sort of more casual way, which is what we're doing right now. So it is brand new. It started in December. Prior to that... I was hosting a show uh, over the last uh, few years called GRN Alive, which aired Monday mornings at 8 a.m. And my colleague Dave Palmer from North Texas, he hosted the show on Fridays. So Mondays and Fridays was GRN Alive, and um, I took Monday, he took Friday. And so we did that for a long time, too. And prior to that, I was hosting a local show in the Houston market called Evangelium Live. And I will give uh, bonus points to anybody who can tell me what evangelium actually means. I wonder. I wonder. Do I count? No. Darn it. You definitely, you definitely count, but not for this. You can't count for this. 
So praise be to God. Thank you, Joaquin, for being a part of our program. We're very grateful to you. Uh, I see Bernadette uh, says, I got the Bible from an old lady. <laughs> wow, praise be to God. Uh, she's referring to, oh, did you read the comment before? I see a so letter I see to yeah. Father Peyton from Pope Pius Twelfth in front of an old huge Bible. I got the Bible from an old lady. The letter was written January 14th, 1948. Uh, wow, praise be to God. Yes, super cool. If you what? could uh, find that, if you take a picture of that and uh, send it our way on our social streams, we'd love to take yeah, a look I'd at that. I'd love to That'd see really that. Cool. That's incredible. Wow. Kathy says, I'm doing the consecration of St. Joseph and loving it. My consecration of St. Joseph will be March the 19th on the Feast of St. Joseph and the 10th anniversary of my confirmation in the Anglican Church. Kathy, by the way, <clears throat> we had her on as a contestant, uh, was it week before last? Kathy is a convert. She's coming into the church on Easter, uh, on the Easter vigil. So praise be to God, Kathy. We're very grateful. We, I got to interview Father Calloway on my GRN Alive program. He, we talked to him, it was the end of 2019, and he was just about to publish the book, The Consecration of St. Joseph. And so I called him up because I've known, um, Father Calloway for a few years through my work. And uh, and he was like, yeah, I'd love to come on and talk about it. And I said, Father, is it okay? Do you think we can give away some copies of the book? He's like, sure, no problem. I'll have them send you some. And they sent me, I don't know, three, three or something, three or four. I can't remember how many they sent. But I remember um, my, my colleague at the time, Teresa Kamara, she was my co-host on that show. When she walked in that morning, and she saw that I had the copy of the books in my hand. She freaked out. She's like, I've been on back order for two months. Me how, too, dude. How do you have the book in your hand? That was me as well. I was like, I remember that day. We were, I was in the, it was in here helping uh, run the live stream and I was just a volunteer then. And I was like, Joe, I literally ordered this like six months ago and I got, wanted to get it for my mom's birthday. <laughs> and uh, how do you have like 20 copies? What's up with that? That's not fair. <laughs> and the funny thing is I didn't realize how valuable they were. Like I didn't know. Like I, did, it, like, I felt like a like a so naive. I'm like, wait, what? People are dying to get copies of these? I'm like, I'm wondering if I should sell them instead of giving them away. We gave them away. Trust me, we gave them away. But we had a great conversation. But I remember after conversating with Father Calloway uh, at that interview, I immediately started the process of consecrating my family to St. Joseph. And we, we finished before we made the consecration right before Ash Wednesday of 2020, which was fortuitous because we went right into lockdown mode after that. And uh, so that really made a big difference for us spiritually in 2020. And we've, we've talked to Father Calloway a few times since. We'll have him back for sure. He's amazing. Praise be to God. Cappy on YouTube says that after that, she's going to do the consecration to Mary. Praise be to God. That is awesome. I, oh my goodness, so amazing. Our Lady, it's just, it's just something special about consecrating herself to Our Lady. St. Louis de Mumford's True Devotion to Mary. I highly recommend reading it. They also, there's a ton of different ways to do uh, the consecration to Our Lady. There's the uh, 33 Days to Morning Glory, also by Father Donald Calloway. We have the a nine-day uh, consecration with St. Maximilian Colby, which is also really good. Highly recommend. I've done that one as well. And uh, my favorite is reading the True Devotion to Mary with uh, by St. Louis de Mumford. Yes, my and, and Myra says, same here, Kathy. Praise be to God. We've got... So we've got multiple people doing consecrations to Mary. I promise you it will change your life. So Amen. congrats to you guys. It's going to be great. Yeah, we did Sacred Heart, uh, Enthronement of Our Home, Consecration to Mary, 
and consecration to St. Joseph. But I got to tell you, as a father in the hierarchy of uh, authority in the home, I always uh, consecrate my wife and my children to the Immaculate Heart of Mary uh, and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, Most every Sunday after Mass, I'll, I'll make my stop before the Queen of Heaven, and I will, uh, I will recommend my, my wife and kids to be protected under her incredible mantle. mantle. Bernadette says, it will, be a wonderful, it will be wonderful if you could get Father Donald Calloway or Jesse Romero. Well, we've had, we've had uh, have we had Jesse on this show yet? No, we have not. I've personally interviewed Jesse a few times. Multiple times, yes. Uh, his work with the devil in the, in the City, City of, of Angels. Angels was really good. That I can I, conversation. I can go find that uh, interview and link it here. Yeah, uh, please but do. We should definitely have him back on onto this show because yeah. we haven't had him on this show yet. Let's book him. Uh, we'll definitely get Father Calloway back. Of course, he's wonderful, but Jesse Ramirez was also incredible, and we'll definitely book him. <clears throat> Who else? Who else would you like to see on the show? Well, it'd be great to get some recommendations. We're always trying. One of the things that one of the approaches when we decided to launch this show, Catholic Drive Time, I wanted to. Introduce our audience to new faces, new names, new people. There's a certain set of Catholics that make it around everywhere all the time. You've, you've heard them a ton of times, EWTN or radio or podcast. They're, they're everywhere all the time. Not that they're bad. They're great. But I know there's a ton of other incredible Catholics out there that have a lot to offer. And for me, I was... In, I was um, excited about the opportunity of introducing some of those people to the audience because I know that they probably have never heard of them otherwise. So part of what we do here is look for people that aren't getting as much airtime elsewhere. Does that make sense? And uh, we're certainly interested in doing that as well. Um, Bernadette says, I recommend The Secret of the Rosary. Amen. Praise God. Angelo. That's one of my favorite books. I give it away to people all the time. Angelo says, how about having Father Mike Schmitz talk about the year in the Bible? Yeah, praise God. If we can get him. I think we've tried, right? Yeah, we've tried. Um, he's a little hard to get to right now, especially because he's blowing up. But we yeah. can try again. We'll keep after him. There's some other names, too, that are kind of big names that we're trying to get. and I don't want to say them until I can get them. So, But hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get them on the calendar soon. And you know, this, Tim Ballard, he is on my wish list. I'd ask you all to pray and ask Our Lady in particular to help us get 